0: You're listening to Sore Sessions with Dr. Trish and Jeff.
1: Good afternoon, Jeff.
0: Hello, Dr. Trish. Welcome to our next episode of Sore Sessions. We have a very special guest joining us today.
1: I'm so excited about this. This is a great guest.
0: I'm super excited because it's a topic I know absolutely nothing about. And uh, she is a guest that, uh, well, let's let's just introduce her. Her name is Joan Kruger. She is a certified hypnotherapist from here in the Kirkwood, Missouri area. Hello, Joan. Hello. So, interesting thing about Joan is Joan was referred to us by a patient.
1: A patient that she had taken care of.
0: Exactly. That had good results.
1: Excellent results.
0: and um,
1: He was so excited to share that information with us. He
0: he did. I love these kinds of things because they're very organic. He came into the office. He brought in all her uh, business card and her materials. And he said, you guys, you guys got to refer patients to her. I mean, she's helped me tremendously. So, we reached out to her and we said, listen, we don't know anything about hypnosis, but we'd like to learn more. How about you come in and let's talk about it on the podcast? And like a champ, she showed up.
1: And I'd like to take credit for referring him to you, but I didn't. So I'm going to learn something so I can use that that knowledge later with patients and help them out. Great. Thank you.
0: So, Joan, I guess when we start talking about hypnosis... Um, I don't think I'm al- alone. I've talked to you briefly on the phone and I don't think I'm alone when I say my knowledge of hypnosis, it does not extend beyond the, v- the stage in Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> That's exactly my knowledge. I had Las Vegas knowledge. There. And
0: then uh, and I assume that um, that is not a full picture. So first uh, tell us about your background. Tell us kind of uh, where you come from and what your education is. And then we'll kind of, we'll pull the layers back on what, what does hypnosis do? Who can it help and the like?
2: Sure. So, um I have been doing hypnosis for about 25 years and kind of a funny story how I got into it because I used to be operations manager for a consumer products company and it was so stressful. And I was just not nice. I wasn't a nice person. I Would I didn't know how to let go of my stress. I would go home at the end of the day and, you know, scream at the clown at the fast food place and, you know, just like everybody. It was just horrible. So the company was moving out of town and they offered me the opportunity to move to Wisconsin. Didn't want to do that, but then I didn't have a job. So there's more stress. And so I ran into a hypnotist. And when I came out of my session, I, I was my old self again. After seven years, it just felt like every ounce of
1: my stress had been drained from me. That's interesting. Can I stop sure. you for a second? What made you go to a hypnotist to begin with? Well, I, you know,
2: hypnosis is something that people don't know much about. So I'd always been sort of fascinated by it. And honest, okay. My true thought is it was a God thing because I was going out with a friend of mine that evening and her babysitter's dad was a hypnotist. I didn't know that, but before we left, she asked us if we were going to come home after dinner or if we were going to go out. The reason she was asking was because her dad was having a show at midnight that he he wanted her to help him with. And and I said, what does your dad do that he's doing a show at midnight? She said, here, he's a hypnotist. She whips one of his cards out of her back pocket. And so I, I thought, wow. On the back it said, stop smoking, lose weight, manage stress, increase confidence. And there was one other thing. And I thought to myself as I looked at it, you know, I could use three of the five. Maybe I'll call them. And so I did, and I asked him thousands of questions on the phone, probably on the phone with him for an hour. He was so nice, and he said, really, could it hurt to try a session? And I said, I guess it couldn't. And so that's why I went. And when I came out, it I was like a different person than I had been for the last seven years. Amazing.
0: It It is amazing. I guess the then that leads to the first question that I'd ask, which is, so what does what is hypnosis?
2: Really, what hypnosis is, is your subconscious mind being open so that you're susceptible to suggestions. That's all it really is. But your subconscious mind opens up for you all the time. Every time you find yourself thinking of one thing while you're automatically doing something else, your subconscious mind is open and you're susceptible to suggestions. So for example, when you get in the car and drive home from work and you get home and it's sort of like you're on autopilot for part of the trip, the way that it works, there's two parts to your mind, the the conscious part, which is where your thoughts are, but then the subconscious part, which I described to my clients like a big filing cabinet because it holds the information that you function from. So it's almost like everything about us has a file. Uh, Every habit that we have, all of our behaviors, the ways that we respond and react to things, our memories, emotions, talents, abilities. So if we use that example of driving, if you're driving home, but you're thinking about something that happened at work that day, that's the only conscious thought you can be having. You can only have one conscious thought at a time, but you still need to be Turning the wheel, putting on the brake, putting on your blinker. and if you can't be thinking about those things, you have to do them automatically. And so that's that's what your subconscious mind. it's sort of like your autopilot. That part opens up. it lets your driving file come out. you just start to do it automatically without having to think about it. But because that part of your mind is then open, allowing you to function automatically in that way, it's open. There's a possibility that information can go in as well as whatever is coming out. Good information. Or bad
1: information.
2: Good information or bad information. Exactly. Which is why they put billboards on the highway, commercials on radio and TV, because there are so many times in our day when we're thinking of one thing and automatically doing something else. And all of those are
1: suggestions. So we're being hypnotized all the time, all day.
2: We 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 go into hypnosis all the time. It, hypnosis is a natural state of mind. We go into and come out of it ourselves. Um, when a person comes into my office, I'm just guiding them to so that So it's not place. a sleep
1: state at all.
2: Absolutely not. You're awake the entire time. You're, you can hear things. You can move around. You can open your eyes. You can talk. Uh, you're very aware of what's going on. It, it's a relaxing state, but it, it's a state where you're very aware of what's going on.
1: Do you have a memory of all that is going on during that hypnotic state?
2: You should. There's there's one very deep level that you can reach where you don't, you would like hear me droning in the background, but wouldn't be able to remember all the words that I was saying. But because your brainwaves are fluctuating while you're in that state, you know, when you're when you're in a conscious state, there's times when you're paying more attention and times when you're paying less attention. And it's like that when you're in hypnosis as well, there's times when you're paying more attention and then you drift down a little bit and you sort of hear me talking, but like, Oh, I think I should be paying better attention. And then you come back up. And so your brainwaves are just fluctuating. And so typically people don't stay down at that level while they're in my office. Jeff does when he's with his children.
0: I stay in that uh, level of, uh, I should be paying more attention quite a bit. In fact, uh, it creates great strain <laughs> in my marriage because I stay in that state <laughs> way
2: too. <laughs> well, we can, we can, you know, get, uh, hypnotize you to be more present.
0: Well, I don't actually have a problem with it. Let me ask you this question can, in, can, Is everyone susceptible to hypnosis, or are there some that are non crackable?
2: Well, because it's a natural state of mind and everyone goes there, goes into hypnosis and comes out of hypnosis all the time. So it's something that everybody can achieve. In order to be guided to that state, you will have to be willing to relax, concentrate, focus your mind on what I'm saying. Um, so I can't make anybody go there, but... Typically, if people are coming into my office, they are willing. So
1: so can you define hypnosis again, just sure. so we're clear? Because I think it will be hard for listeners to understand they're in hypnotic states throughout their day. Sure,
2: All it is, is that the subconscious part of your mind is open. And when it's open, you're susceptible to suggestions. So really, anytime you find yourself thinking of one thing while you're automatically doing something else, That part of your mind is open. I'm in
1: perpetual hypnotic states then.
2: And we, and you're, you're pretty, you're right. We pretty much always are. So we are, there are suggestions all around us and we have the choice about, so a good example of, um, you know, which types of suggestions people, want or you know and that you I can't make anybody respond to a suggestion where you have you have to be amenable to that suggestion. So I give the people the example they're driving down the road and they're sort of in that state and let's say it's around 11:30 and they have a, a noon meeting and they know they're not going to be able to eat lunch until after that. So they're driving down the road and they see the billboard for I don't know, McDonald's or something. It's at the next exit. Their mind sort of does this you know i'm going to have to eat something it's quick it's on the way it's not the best i could grab a salad whatever whatever thoughts are come into their mind that's an okay suggestion they pull off at that exit and they go to mcdonald's but let's say same scenario they're driving down the road but the billboard they see is that one for the casino with the big lobster draped across the side of the plate and the big steak on it and big potato or whatever that's not a great suggestion for them at that time so their mind doesn't accept it. It's same scenario, same, same set of circumstances, but that suggestion isn't a suggestion that is good for them at that moment. So they don't respond.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. So how were you trained as a hypnotist? So you went through your own um, experience with hypnosis? And-
2: yes. And, and because it was amazing and I really never intended to start a practice. I just, thought it was amazing. And if I could do this for my friends and family, what a great little world I would would have to live in. Um, So I went, there's a gentleman that lives in, well, he used to live in Montgomery city. Now he's moved to New Hampshire, but um, his name's Don Motten, one of the greatest hypnotherapists, one of the greatest hypnotherapy teachers that I've ever seen. And, um, he used to teach classes twice a year in spring and fall. And so I went to his fall session. He, it was a certified instructor for the national guild of hypnotists, which is the largest hypnosis organization in the world. And so, um, I took his course and got my certification with him and with the national guild of hypnotists. So, um, so that's who I'm affiliated with.
0: What types what types of conditions do people come and see you for? What are the the most common?
2: Oh, the most common are probably smoking, weight loss, and these days stress and anxiety.
0: From a medical standpoint, I would say hypnosis and smoking is something I'm the most familiar with. Sure. That's been talked about a lot when you learn about teaching pe- people to stop smoking. But how successful is it? Does it work?
2: It does work. And about 80% of my clients are able to stop after one session.
0: Wow.
1: I've heard the success with tobacco cessation, which I have um, for years. But that same success rate, I didn't know it was that high.
2: It's not for everyone. Okay. I mean, it does depend on the individual, too, that's doing the
1: hypnotizing and the individual that's being hypnotized. But you don't have that same sort of success with alcohol cessation. Or perhaps you do.
0: Why would anybody want to stop? I'm just curious.
1: (laughs) Some people do have problems with alcohol, Jeff.
0: (laughs) Fair enough.
2: (laughs) That's true. Um, So it can be high for... But typically when it comes to something that's very black and white, I was a smoker when I came in. I don't smoke when I walk out. I'm a nail biter when I come in. I don't bite my nails when I walk out. Things like that that are very black and white, about 80% can be successful. Are there personality traits that can help you predict success? No. Oh, I wish there was, but there's really not. I will see some people in my office that I am so confident when they walk out, they'd had such a great session and they call me and say this came up or this happened or whatever. And I caved. And then there are some people that <laughs> they walk out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I I hope, I pray that they'll do well. And they'll send me 10 people because they haven't smoked in, you know, three months or six months or a year or whatever it might be. Um, so there is, no predicting. Interesting.
0: Can you do um, follow-up sessions like uh, booster shots? to?
2: A- absolutely. And a lot of times when a person does come in and say, this is what happened afterwards and uh, I need a follow-up or... Uh, This is what I'm experiencing and it seems like it's going really well in all these other areas, but when it comes to this, man, it's just really challenging me. So then we can reinforce what's going well, but then we can make adjustments to whatever. So if it's a stressful situation at work or a a family situation or or a person is experiencing some cravings or some withdrawals, there's ways to address all of that. Explain
0: how you do it. If you can, because what you were explaining to me was we're going to take your focus off of X and we're going to try to teach your brain to immediately go look for Y. Um, So can you kind of uh, explain that to our listeners of kind of like how you work through that?
2: So, well, when it comes to smoking or alcohol or vaping or, you know, all of these things now are very prominent and people wanted to achieve those changes. And so We can get your subconscious mind, it knows how to focus, it knows how to refocus. It's refocused over and over again on different things over the course of your whole life. When you're a little kid, your mind focuses on certain things, but as you get older, it doesn't think about those things anymore. It thinks about the things from that time in your life. So your mind knows how to do that. We try to get your subconscious mind to find positive, healthier ways for you to uh, drive your car, drink your coffee, um, do your job and take breaks, whatever it might be.
1: So is it a a subconscious prompt for people who have addictions like tobacco? So, I mean, there are so many different factors that I would think would prompt the subconscious to want to smoke a cigarette for somebody who smokes cigarettes, that how do you empty out those files well, so that, that so that's go the thing them. we
2: can't really empty out we we can sort of close up a file try to close it up and push it to the back of the filing cabinet but what we're really doing in a situation like that is building a whole new file that says I can do everything in my life without cigarettes and typically the people that come in there's very few people that have come into my office that say I've never tried before and if they've tried before to some degree, most people have been somewhat successful. So if a person, even a, I had a woman yesterday that was a smoker, and she said, I, I've never really quit before. Well, when I was pregnant, well, you know what? Then for nine months, your mind helped you do everything without cigarettes. So it knows how to do that. We just need to get it to do that for you. So it's, there's a whole, before we ever get started, I have, an, I have a whole conversation with them about whatever it is that they want to change. So I can try to find out as much background and figure out what to address. So whether there are subconscious prompts uh, or those habit times, those triggers, um, we can you know, try to figure out what their mind can do. I don't typically give suggestions about this is an alternative for you. The only thing I ever typically suggest is water. Um, because water is good for our body. And if your hand is going to automatically reach for, which sometimes it does when people are smokers and they have that habit of they've, you know, just reached for a cigarette when they grab a cup of coffee or they reach for a cigarette when they get in the car. If there's a bottle of water there instead, then their mind says, oh yeah, now there's something else I can do. And this is a way better for me than smoking a cigarette. So I don't typically ever suggest substituting something because if I offer, you know, you can do this instead. Like people have come into my office and they'll say, well, I went to this other hypnotist and he told me, I kid you not, this one lady said to me, I went to this other hypnotist and he told me that if I ever thought about having a cigarette, I should just pat the side of my cheek with my hand. I'm like, "Well, what if you're at work or what if you're at the symphony or something? You're going to be sitting there smacking yourself in the face." I said, "That's it. I'm sorry, but anyway, so I <laughs> I could see somebody tapping their face all day long. <laughs> Everybody's mind knows the things that are going to work in their life. So, I give the suggestion that your subconscious mind is going to find the best ways for you to do the things in your life without smoking.
1: How long is your session?
2: It's about an hour.
0: I have one question that you just alluded to. So can't, I guess this goes back to my Vegas hypnosis <laughs> lo- knowledge. So it, I guess it's the power of suggestion. So are you willing to debunk on sore sessions today that a Vegas hypnotist can really not make me bark like a dog? Against my will?
2: (laughs) Against your will. That is correct.
0: If we're following the tenets of hypnosis, those people that bark like a dog really wanted to bark like a dog.
2: It's somewhere in there.
0: So do you think it's real?
2: It is real. I know it's real. I've done the shows.
0: Those shows are real.
1: They are real. I've done the shows. Not in Vegas. I have been to those shows, and I'm convinced that it had to be real, but I'm like, how? Okay, so I will tell you. So when when
2: I do the shows, the first thing I do is stand up and talk a little bit. People need to have some kind of a comfort level, right? And then... I explain just a little bit about what's going on in just a few minutes. We're going to, you know, do some hypnosis so that everybody can hear can have a great time. And, uh, that's really why we're all here. Right? So I'm going to ask for some volunteers to come up here so that we can, you know, I can hypnotize them and blah, blah, blah. The key word is volunteer. Everybody that has gotten on that stage has volunteered to respond to suggestions to entertain the rest of the group. That's the key. Now that's
1: the key. That's,
2: that's the, the key. key. It is. You have to be willing.
1: So so when you're when those people are on the stage, the hypnotist is working with them, why aren't people in the audience hypnotized as well?
2: Some people do get hypnotized in the audience, but but again, there it's about um You have to be able to relax and you have to be able to focus your mind. So if they're doing it, if they're sitting in the audience and they're intentionally following along in that way, they can. I've seen shows where they've, someone in the audience, well, and I've had shows where someone in the audience has gotten hypnotized. And so we bring them up and they're totally fine with that. And then people that have, that want so badly to be hypnotized, but they're sitting up there and they don't go into hypnosis stage fright. Well, it's a little bit hard sometimes in a setting like that to relax and concentrate because there's a lot of distractions. People are laughing and there's noise and there's people staring at you. So it makes it, you know, a little uncomfortable where as much as they wanted to be hypnotized, they might not go into hypnosis on a stage, but they might do absolutely fantastic
1: one-on-one in my office when nobody else is looking at them. So. So can you hypnotize emotions. So happiness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So
2: when it comes to something like that, you know, there's different techniques. So let's say that yes, somebody is coming in and they are experiencing some kind of sadness or depression or whatever. Again, there has to be that conversation in advance, but I just had a lady the other day and feeling a lot of fear around something. So, um, She doesn't want to feel that fear around, it was really about driving on the highway. And so it's, so what we do is I get that person to try to find a very positive feeling inside of themselves, that happiness or that whatever it might be. And, and then it's a, a technique called anchoring. So I get them to feel that positive feeling and make it really strong, but then have them think about the negative situations or so in her case driving on the highway getting on on ramps or exiting or other you know trucks coming down the highway or whatever and and i'm kind of touching the back of her hand so um that thinking about this but feeling these feelings and so uh there's a lot of different techniques when it comes but that's the first thing that comes to mind when we you know bringing in a different feeling than what you might have been feeling before. So
1: PTSD type symptoms, anxiety disorders, depression, all of those can be treated with hypnosis. How successful are you with those types of diagnoses?
2: Um, Really good. I just, there's actually a, a gentleman that I'm working with. And when he first came, well, when he first called me, it was uh, migraines, and so I might be sending him over here. Although we've sort of established, because he's already had all the doctor visits and stuff, it's not a physical. He doesn't have; they can't find anything physical to, that's causing the migraines. But it was migraines and depression. And through our conversation, I found out that he used to uh, be have a pretty high position with the federal government, um, in Washington, DC, and there was a situation and it didn't go well for him. He was sort of the scapegoat and lost his job and started suffering with these migraines and, and this depression. After the first session that we had, he said, my depression is minimal. It's like don't really even feel it. So
1: how did you touch into that type of therapy for him in particular? Uh, you know, so many times I
2: I use my intuition. It's it's so different for everybody. I we we talked about it, we talked about how he was feeling, um what he was experiencing, how it all
1: started. I think we did some reframing and that's why he's hypnotized. So you go through those conversations with him. So for our listeners, when they're hypnotized, they are able to communicate and interact absolutely, with you.
2: Absolutely. Yes. They can talk and yeah, they can even open their eyes and talk mm-hmm. to me if they want. But so I think with that we did some reframing, but we haven't been as successful with the migraines. So we're still working on that. I think it's there's a whole emotional attachment there that I've got to try to figure out.
1: So what are what are your best types of treatments what what do you treat best
2: i would say probably smoking weight loss and
1: anxiety so weight loss really can be improved with hypnosis
2: absolutely absolutely because most people well really whatever it is most people know when they come into my office what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing and so but if you think about your subconscious mind like a big filing cabinet and whatever information is in a file is sort of your little program right so when a person comes in for weight loss, they have this program in their weight file that says, this is what I eat. This is how much I eat. This is when I eat. These are the reasons I eat. These are the choices I make. And something about that isn't helping them to lose weight. So we know in the conscious part of our mind, I shouldn't be eating a bag of chips every afternoon, or I shouldn't be snacking on these cookies at night between dinner and bedtime or whatever. But, no matter what we know in the conscious part of our mind as human beings, we don't really function from that information. We function from our program. So people say, well, well, why can't I change the program? Well, if you knew how to get in there, you could, you just don't know how to get in by yourself. It's like me taking my computer and saying, I want a C to come up on the screen, so I'm going to hit this D button. I mean, I can hit that D button as many times as I want, unless I reprogram the computer, I'm not going to be able to get a C to come up on the screen. And so that's kind of what we're doing is, is getting some new information into that part of the mind so that when it's time for that information to come out to work for you, there's some new information
1: there. How many sessions do you typically plan for smoking cessation or weight loss or treatment of PTSD?
2: For smoking, I we only plan one. If people need follow-up, we can do that, but I I typically suggest to my clients... Keep the follow up in mind as an option if it's going to be helpful for you. Don't count on having to do that with weight loss. I typically suggest two to start, but and some people will be good with two. If depending on how much weight they have to lose and what their habits are like, if people are obviously at you know sixty to one hundred pounds that they want to lose or more, um, obviously two sessions isn't going to do it, but two might get them on the right road. I have a 19 year old client that when he first came in and it was probably, I don't know, a couple of months ago, but he was 385 pounds, 19 years old. And, um, his grandma was bringing him. And when, uh, he weighs in everyone, I haven't heard from her for a week or two, but he started losing weight like the following week after he was in. She's like, oh, listen, I'm glad that he, I mean, he lost like a pound the following week. She's like, it's the first week that he's weighed that he hasn't gone up and he's lost a pound. And then, you know, little by little, then it was five pounds. And so, um, it's, you know, it's really just, it's so dependent on the individual and so much about our connection and, and how we talk and what I find out from them. And
1: so you do that pre hypnosis yeah. interview and that can last. Is there a, a form patients fill out before they see you or no. are you just a conversation?
2: No, it's just a conversation. And then I'm making notes so that I. Can sort of remind myself while they have their eyes closed. And then, the, I...
1: how do you hypnotize somebody? Do you do that with just um, your words, or do I've you never pull seen the... Scooby Doo? It's a watch. <laughs> I saw. And I was top. getting there. You're always the funny one.
0: I mean, uh, duh. Everybody knows.
2: Well, so unfortunately, I think you need to come in for a
0: session. I'm, so I'm not. I'm not opening up my sub- subconscious to anybody because yeah. it's.
1: You're about. You, there are about seven different sessions you need to plan with him.
0: <laughs> this will probably end up being. Herford is a specialist. Her Christmas gifts are always, they're always very unique. She gave me uh, a fecal sample testing kit one year to <laughs> test your uh, for your gut bacteria. That was one year, and so now I'm probably going to be getting. Um, a lifetime hypnotherapy. hypnotherapy.
1: Yeah. He'll need lifetime. Forget the one session treatment. It's like massage MV.
0: (laughs) So I'm I'm sorry. I interrupted with my rude Scooby-Doo joke. How do you hypnotize somebody?
2: So again, it's really just guiding the person to that place where their subconscious mind is open. And it's, um, They close their eyes. I play some soft music. I have them relax. There's an, so the watch part from TV, that's Hollywood. um, That's not true. It's a, well, (laughs) I don't use use a watch. I hold up a pen actually. It's an eye fixation technique that you, to get the conscious mind to focus on one thing so that the subconscious mind can open up. So it's really, but it can be a spot on the ceiling. How long does does it
1: take to get somebody into a hypnotic
2: state? Everybody's a little different. For some people, it's three minutes. For some people, it's 10. Just kind of depends. So how can you
0: tell they're in a hypnotic state? Okay. Great question. I'm so glad you yeah.
2: asked because um, because you are awake and you can hear me talking and you can open your eyes and move around and all of that stuff. So anybody that was just sitting in the room looking wouldn't necessarily know And the individual sitting in the chair because it doesn't feel like anything. It's just a natural state of mind that we go into and come out of all the time. So it's very important for me to show an individual that we've gotten that part of their mind to open up so that my suggestions can go in. And once they're in, their mind can take those suggestions and create changes for them. That's really why they're in my office. So I will give them a couple of suggestions while they're there before we get started with anything else. To get their mind to make a few changes for them right there, like that their uh, arm is beginning to feel very heavy and that when they try to lift their hand from the chair, they won't be able to, or that one arm is beginning to get light and starting to float up from the chair. Some things that wouldn't happen if they were sitting anywhere else, because if you're wide awake and you can hear me talking and you can talk back to me, but you can't lift your hand off my chair, something's probably going on. Or if you look over and you see your hand floating up in the air, really freaking. something's probably going on. So that's the thing. So I can't make anybody respond to any suggestions they don't want to, but a person's mind will allow them to respond to two types of suggestions, things that they aren't opposed to and things that uh, they want to. So that's another reason why those shows work. So in my office, their, their mind doesn't really say like, I so badly want my arm to be heavy that I can't lift it off this chair. But that would be kind of a good way to know that something's really going on here and that I could get past this driving on the highway thing or whatever. So their mind says, sure, I'll go ahead and respond to that. So we do a couple of things like that. And back to those Las Vegas shows, all those people have volunteered. So they aren't opposed to the suggestions that are being given. This
0: is really interesting. I mean, it it really does.
1: He is thinking of so many inappropriate <laughs> potential uses of hypnotic states and wow. people. Lots so, of people do. Yes.
0: And appropriate.
1: So let's debunk some of that. Can people be put into, willingly be put into a hypnotic state and then given a hypnotic prompt to do something that they would not naturally be willing to do?
2: Not that they wouldn't be naturally willing to do, but they may not have thought about it. They're not opposed to it. For example, um, I went to a show. I mean, obviously hypnosis is my livelihood. So I'm very always curious to see what somebody else is going to do. Well, my friend said, there's going to be a hypnotist at this bar. Let's go there. Well, it was one of those very inappropriate um, and lots of far? Uh, Jeff, yes, actually it was in Illinois and it was several years ago. So the hypnotist gave a post-hypnotic suggestion to one of the guys on the stage that every time his wife said a particular word, and I can't remember what it was, he would, this, and this wasn't a particularly, uh, inappropriate suggestion that he gave, but every time his wife said some word, um, he would say, let's go to Taco Bell.
1: Did he look like Jeff?
2: He did not.
0: I don't need anybody to tell me to go to Taco Bell. (laughs) I don't need hypnosis. Um,
2: So, so those are post, post hypnotic suggestions that, um, you know, can be given for afterwards. But really that's all the suggestions that I give are after hypnosis, after the session suggestions, post hypnotic.
0: So I I think that's one of the things you mentioned to me on the phone, like specific to weight loss, uh, was that part of that suggestion is, hey, if you normally go to McDonald's, we might suggest that you you more attracted to a salad or or something to that effect. I think is sure, what we talked about.
2: That, sure that that the. And again, they're in my office because they want to lose weight. So we give the suggestion that um, maybe whatever the McDonald's or the fast foods aren't going to be as appealing and they'll find the fruits and vegetables and the healthier foods much more appealing. So does does
0: that actually change the taste of the food?
2: It can. It doesn't in every situation, but it can. So I have people with... Uh, that like are just huge soda drinkers, addicted to soda. And they'll come out and say, or, you know, they'll come back for their two week session and say, you know, I've been drinking my water. I really haven't had any, but you know, we did go to dinner one night and I ordered my Coke or whatever and it didn't even taste good to me. So it, it can, it doesn't in every situation, everybody's mind perceives it in different ways.
1: So let's bring it around to, the patient population we treat and pain. What can hypnosis do for pain? So there's a lot of different things. Um,
2: First of all, we can ignore it Uh, lots of times. And I think I gave you this uh, example when we were on the phone that sometimes you're, you know, if you're, let's say, getting ready for a party or whatever, and you've got kind of everything else done, but you're slicing up the limes for the drinks and, um, you know people are gonna be there in the next few minutes and you cut your finger, but you're in such a hurry. And uh, until you look down and see blood, you don't even really realize that you cut your finger. And so, so it is possible for your mind to block pain. So we can try to do that. Sometimes it's um, changing the sensation. So depending on what it is, rather than having it be an ache or a stabbing or, uh, whatever, maybe we make it like a cool sensation or something like that. Um, there are, if it's, and, and what I'm trying to do with that gentleman that I was telling you about earlier with the migraines was try to get it to, if it's not necessarily a physical pain, um, and i don't know if i told you this story or not but when i was doing hypnosis for probably just a couple of years there was a guy that had been in my hypnotherapy training and being trained also and he called me a couple of years later and he said you know i i want to see you i've been having these really bad headaches right in the middle of my forehead but i know it's the stress because of my new job so you know, I I want to come in so you can get rid of my headaches. And I was like, okay, so just get your doctor's note. And because I always, if I, the only way I will work with a person for pain, since I'm not a medical doctor is with permission from, I need to know that it's not a brain tumor or I need to know it's not because a person can mask pain and that would be completely irresponsible of me. So I said, just get your note from your doctor and come in and we'll do that. And he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, you know me. And I, it started, it coincided with starting this new job. And so I I know that it's the stress of the job. And I said, then, then that's great. If you don't want to get a note from your doctor, we'll work on the stress, but I'm not going to work on the pain If getting rid of the stress, makes them go away. Then fine. Or dealing with the stress in a different way. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, look, this is it. So we worked on the stress and that didn't do it. So he went and got his doctor's note and he came back and there was a, um, we tried a couple of different things, but what it turned out was there's a technique called idiomotor response, which is you're doing it right now. It's a physical response in your body to something that's going on in your mind. You understand what I'm saying. So your head is nodding. You're not thinking in your mind. I know what she's talking about, so I should nod my head so that she knows that I know what she's talking about. Your head just nods. So we set up an idiomotor response where I'm asking questions directly to the subconscious mind um, and having the fingers on the hand raise. Just if the answer is yes to a question, one finger will raise. If the answer is no, another finger will raise. So it turns out that he had... Yes, started a new job as a teacher in a prison, so I could see why he had some stress, but really what was causing the headaches was that when he was seven years old, his parents got divorced, and he remembered standing in the street watching his mom drive away, and he never saw her again, and coinciding with the new job that he started, he and his wife separated, and he had a seven-year-old daughter, so his mind said, you know what, you've just sort of damned your daughter to living the same childhood that you did and you're going to suffer for it. And so it was creating these headaches, but that meant that he wasn't going to be able to work because he couldn't, you know, function with the headaches. So in that case, his mind and his mind was not willing to give up the pain because it said You know, I guess there was too much guilt or whatever. So we moved that pain and he was able to move it out of his forehead down to his big toe on his right foot or something like that. Okay, well, if you have to keep it, can you keep it, but not have it, I mean, you can't provide for your daughter if you can't work so keep it, but let's move it somewhere else. And so he was able to do that and walked out of my office without the headache.
0: But his big toe hurts like hell.
2: But here's the thing. Typically, if we're able to do something like that, after a little while, the mind is going to go, you know, this is not really serving the same purpose. This, this isn't really how we set it up. And so then it will let it go. Yes, his big toe <laughs> might hurt like hell for a while, but after that, then it pretty much does
1: go away. Do you require more treatment sessions with people who have pain, chronic? Yes. But typically, it kind of depends on the individual. <sighs> but
2: pain is something, too, that especially if there is a physical cause, it's chronic, and there's some cause for that, the mind will say, really? really? Like, I've been living with this for however long. It can go away in an hour? And there's there's just sort of that seed of doubt, and so a lot of times they will start to feel some of it again, or or come back, and and so sometimes it's training the mind, and or giving them techniques that they can use at home, that they can say, all right, well when I use this keyword, or when I see this signal, or you know this particular color, or I. You know, use this thumb and finger technique that she taught me, or whatever. Then I can make it start to fade. And so there's a lot. Yeah, there's so many different possibilities.
0: Can you use hypnosis to have people dig back in their memory banks? Is that really a state of hypnosis where you're getting people to go back and remember things that they don't normally remember? Is that a real technique?
2: It is. It is. So it's regression. And the the, the, the thing that I tell people about regression, so. Um I was just actually on a TV program well for the travel channel so cable but um and it was a a show where they investigate paranormal activity
1: Jeff loves paranormal activity
2: This is about aliens He swears to the people that are hosting the show and these investigators that it's related to an experience that he had when he was a teenager. He didn't really remember anything about that experience, so he'd always wanted to be hypnotized to see if he could.
0: Something made him feel as if it was an alien encounter, but he couldn't really put it all together.
2: Right. And he didn't really have any of the details. So, um, so they called me and said, would you be willing to do this on the show? And I said, you know, when it comes to regression, there's no guarantees. If your mind is blocking it, it could be blocking it because it's really too painful for you or it, you know, I mean, childhood experiences that people have or whatever. So, um, I went on the show and, and, uh, or, you know, I went out, he lives in St. Clair and, uh, went out and did the, sh- the hypnosis and it, he was able to bring back quite a few details that he hadn't remembered. Not everybody does. it.
0: I just want the record to reflect that I have been so mature did not say anal probing in this entire discussion.
2: Honestly, I will tell you that they, they asked me when, when.
0: God bless them. I'm glad to know I'm not alone.
1: They, 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 after. That would, that would have been sensational for TV. Well, well so after. Yeah. So,
2: but the two guys, there's, it's a team of investigators and to the, the main guy and his son are both, um. Previous law enforcement. Well, the one guy is still law enforcement. And so they see all kinds of stuff. And they specifically said when they were interviewing me after the hypnosis, do you think this could have been from a previous experience that he had? You know, that was real, that was not with aliens. And not with aliens, right. And I said, honestly, nothing that I saw. I mean, can I prove any of it? But nothing that I saw or heard would have led me to.
0: Which totally makes sense, right? Like if you had some horrible experience.
1: So let, hold on. We've got to finish with the aliens. So he had not been abducted by aliens when you re- did your regression what he, therapy.
2: What he remembered, he very much had. So let's say, let's say this. They asked me, was he? And I said, I can't tell you if he was or if he was not. What I will tell you is he believes with every fiber of his being and his mind has details that I could not come up with or that I don't, you know, I can't disprove. That's
1: June's treatment. (laughs) You're busy for you. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay. I couldn't, I, he believes wholeheartedly. And he was able to come up with all kinds of details. Interesting. I mean, it's so Regression ah. regression is very possible.
1: So are, I would expect with regression therapy, that would be multiple sessions or can it be done in one Some session? Some
2: can be done in one session. It depends on what the person is interested in
1: knowing. I mean, is, is regression therapy healthy or in general
2: yeah it i mean all hypnosis there's it's a very natural state of mind and it's if it's helping the person to feel better to have some peace of mind to reframe something that's been going on for or that they've been experiencing yes it can be very good if can hypnosis reinforce incorrect memories It can, and as a matter of fact, a a friend of mine just called and said that there's a show on, I don't remember, oh, she said it's on YouTube, the first, it's a documentary, and it's about, because she knew that I had done this show on the Travel Channel, so she's watching this documentary called Hellier, it's about a town in Kansas, I think she said, Kentucky, and there's all kinds of stuff apparently that goes on there, I haven't watched it, so I don't really know, but They decided for some reason, and I would have to watch it to find out, but this guy was saying he didn't believe in alien abductions or he didn't believe in all of this stuff. So they decided to have a a hypnotist come in and implant false memories. And
1: that's where I see some danger.
0: This is exactly why I won't go with. A ghost investigator, because I don't know, and I don't want to find out. And this is exactly why I don't think I could be a patient of Jones, because I don't want anybody mucking around in there. Hold on, Joan. Well, Let's sell this for
2: him. So, well, so here's the thing. What I what I told her is, there's always a backstory. I mean, this guy hangs out with these paranormal investigators he's seen and heard all, probably all kinds of compelling situations and conversations and whatever so when he's saying I don't believe it I don't believe it and I'm you know getting this second hand from her who is watching this I said there's somewhere in him It's got, because then he, it was something that the hypnotist said about a pattern of lights in the sky and whatever. And when he came out, then he started talking about that. But I said, even if he never did witness that, you can't make him respond to that suggestion if there's not some piece of
1: something inside of him. Can you change memories with hypnosis? Or do you just dampen them?
2: So I can't really, a lot of times people will call me about relationships. Let's say uh, this- Bad breakup. Guy, right. I, I had this bad him. breakup. I just want you to erase them from my mind. And we can't do that. But there is, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things, again, that over the course of our life, we just put out of our mind. So I, I
1: kind of call it your special place. It's this- Place in your mind. So you can you can teach patients how or clients how yes. to tuck it away. Yes, exactly. To, to
2: sort of, I just call it your special place. Everybody's is different. When I think about mine, I think about a big trunk in an attic. I, I get the whole thing scoped out and I can, you know, it's on a wooden plank floor. I know exactly what my trunk looks like and I can open it up and I can see all kinds of things from my past. And then... When, and I can, I, you know, at night when I go to bed, all my clients go in the trunk, my husband, my <laughs> bills, everything goes in the trunk because I just need that space to be clear.
1: We don't want to hear what's in your trunk, Jeff.
2: So, but for some people it's not. And so we all have that place where or the kids that we went to grade school with and all the memories of them, our old boyfriends or whatever. And so, yeah, we can intentionally put something away like that. And so if it was this bad breakup and you don't want to think about them anymore, yeah, we can kind of put them in that special place. Right.
0: Another area that um, you specialize in that I found really interesting, you do a lot of students with academic anxiety, correct?
2: Absolutely. Test anxiety, studying, uh, focus. So it's a, you know, when you're in hypnosis, your mind is very focused. Your subconscious mind opens up. And so I just kind of like, tell them if it's for study let's say that will typically set up a series of keywords that they use just a couple of keywords like um, to to signal their mind okay I want you to open up now and then when they're in that state their mind is very focused like when you're driving and you're you know you get home without thinking about how to get home. So they get that part of the mind to open up. And then everything that they read or everything that they study or hear during their lecture or whatever, it's kind of all going into to the one place. You know, if we are doing it on our own, who knows where that information goes? And that's why it's hard to retrieve sometimes. but um
1: it can be a lot easier with hypnosis. That is um, really kind of a spectacular way to use hypnosis in a way I've never even appreciated. Can people learn how to do that on their own without having to go to somebody? You can, but it's just more of a challenge. Everybody has
2: the ability. Everybody, if you are of normal intelligence and you have the ability to focus your mind at all.
0: Another hurdle for me seeing Joan has been discovered. The normal intelligence. I'm out.
2: Lots of, people, <laughs> lots of people will- You're a work in progress, Jeff. <laughs> we all are work in progresses, honestly. A little so, more so than so others. A larger campus.
0: Those uh, hypnosis CDs or are... mm-hmm.
1: Or the ones on YouTube or like, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can they work? Or do you really need to be- Can
1: I really learn my physiology textbook at night if somebody reads it to me when I've gone through the hypnosis state and- retain all of that information.
2: You can retain much more of it and it's much easier to access for tests if you're studying in hypnosis, if you're using those kinds of techniques, Um, because you're, you again are getting the information to go to, you're sort of intentionally filing it in one place. And then when you are taking your test or having a quiz or needing it for, general you know real life your mind knows where that information is filed so, can
1: so it? Mm-hmm.
0: this is a true story true story i had a, one of the very first ipods it was on there and uh, i downloaded this book and it was like these calming bells are like wave crashing sounds but then right below it where you could barely hear it they were reading the book And it was at the same time and you're supposed to listen to it at night. And then I got freaked out about two days in because I was like, once I fall asleep, I don't know what's, I'm only listening to the first four minutes of this thing. And I'm afraid what's at minute 20 and I've got it in going into my head when I'm sleeping.
2: Well, okay. So here's, so here's the other thing. You're, when you're, (laughs) when you're in hypnosis, your subconscious mind is open. When you're asleep, there's no, it's not. Yeah. So once you, if, uh, uh, yeah, if you fall asleep, it's not helping at all. Nothing's going in. If you are headed to sleep, now we all go through that state, that place where your brain waves are fluctuating, which you're open to suggestions. We all go through that on the way to sleep. But once you cross that line into sleep, nothing's going in anymore. So those things about you know, while I'm sleeping, listen to it and that's, they're, they're taking your money.
1: So can you create better habits? For example, um, retaining the names of people when you meet them, are those habits Mm -hmm. that you can improve with the use of hypnosis? Absolutely. All right. Are there a lot of hypnotic therapists or hypnotherapists in St. Louis? There's not a lot. There's
2: a handful. Um, I mean, a dozen, maybe. There's a lot more doctors than there are hypnotherapists out there.
0: Joan, this was fascinating. I was so excited about you coming in today because I was like- I
1: want to bring you back again, but I'd like to kind of maybe um, have you hypnotize somebody. Um, so I've done that on the radio. Yeah, listeners could absolutely appreciate where that potential may come from, but- um, But before we do that, how can our listeners get a hold of you?
2: They can check out my website, which is uh, jfkhypnosis.com, or they can call me at 314-962-7558.
0: And you charge what for a session?
2: So the first time we work on any new topic, the cost is $150 for the session. If we ever do a follow-up for something we've previously worked on, it's $75.
1: Holy cow. That's a steal. Like it's if you're saving, I always, I kind of tease patients about smoking. I would think just take all that money and put it in a bank. And Absolutely. Holy moly. So your office is in Kirkwood, Missouri, correct? It okay. is. Yeah. I'm just a two or three blocks north of the train station.
0: Fantastic. $150. Go in, see Joan, put some stuff in your special place help with some help with some problems if you just make yourself better I that's mean, really honestly,
1: what it's about living your best, it's best life best. it's almost like replacing traditional counseling with hypnotherapy in a in a in a small in a right. different way there, but right.
2: there's definitely a place for traditional therapy but in a lot of situations this is the quicker route this is the american way fast yes. immediate it is true it is true people want instant gratification. And so, I mean, what I tell people is if it's one session, that's great. If it's three sessions, that's probably two total hours in my office and 300 bucks as opposed to
1: an investment to being better every
2: week in the therapist's office or whatever.
0: You can hardly buy a month's worth of pain medication. With probably with your insurance for one session,
1: and the turmoil and the distress, the suffering, the impact on your family, yeah it's honestly, I, on, I I will I know I'll use you in the future.
0: I fell out of my chair when she told me the price because that's exactly. I knew you would be blown away by it.
1: I would never have asked that question, but I'm glad you did because I think that's important. Well, before we go,
0: we have a segment that we do called getting hammered okay <laughs> so getting hammered is five questions that you have not seen okay they are not questions designed for
1: you don't have to go into your special box okay
0: no special box going they are simple questions and we just want your kind of your first answer okay some thought to some of them but um but five questions sure ready yep getting hammered with joan krueger Question one, if you could be any animal, what would it be and why?
2: Um, I think that I would be a giraffe would be the first thing that would come to mind because then I could look out and I could see all the beautiful things and I could also see if there was any danger nearby.
0: That's a good answer, Herford. He
2: didn't like my answers.
0: Oh. <laughs> all right. Question number two. What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Pig snoot. Another great answer, Hereford.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Have you eaten pig snoot? It was barbecued. I'm
0: not at pig snoot. But I'm at like cracklin, which is close, but not.
2: Yeah, it just tastes like crunchy pork. I'd
0: probably eat it, let's be honest. Question number three. If you won a million dollars, what would you buy?
2: I would buy my husband probably his car that he wants a... I'd have to ask him again what kind it was, but I know it's not a million dollars. It's not a Tesla. No, it's not a Tesla. I can't remember, but I but that was the first thing that came to mind was my the, my husband's car that he wants.
0: See, that's a nice, thoughtful answer. So sweet. That was.
1: She's
2: nice. I, I am. I am. I gotta say, I am a nice person. I just, it's Question, that first hypnosis session that I went to. Did it, did <laughs> that's it,
1: it. right. Did it for
0: you. Question four: If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why?
2: Jesus Christ. Ooh. Because so because I mean our savior, I like the miracles that and and just the, the his the whole perspective on the world and humanity and yeah, Jesus Christ.
0: So we've had one other profound answer um, you, you could have stopped at no you could have just said Jesus Christ and no, given no reason why we would have understood. Um, there's only been one other que- uh, answer, uh, maybe as profound as that, um, completely different level of profoundness. But Dr. Herford one an- once answered that question, Adam Levine's wife, and the answer is obvious.
2: And and that would be her second. Two. Yeah. That would be number two her on two. my list yes.
1: <laughs> and if I had put more thought into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: sure. I got to say, that's a pretty good answer. There you go, Jeffy. <laughs> Question
0: five. Where would you go if you were invisible?
2: Where would I go if I was invisible? That's a harder one. Um, I think into uh, operating rooms.
0: We can make that happen for you. You don't even have to be invisible.
1: You don't even, <laughs> even know
0: it. I don't even have to be invisible. Needed. Well, Joan, this has been fantastic. We've uh, This was incredibly interesting. I think. I actually, I was super excited about it, and I think it exceeded uh, my excitement. I learned so much. So, oh,
1: thank good. you. Very, so, while our very guests much. go oh, out, you're welcome. Thank visit Joan's website,
0: me. reach out to her. One hundred and fifty dollars to get some problems shoved away in a box somewhere in your mind is money well spent.
1: I think you uh, summarized that much too simply. They but. know they've been listening to the conversation though.
0: Thank everybody for listening to Source Sessions. Thank you to our guest Joan Kruger. Until next time, this is Jeff Todd and Dr. Trish. Have a great day.